Welcome to the State Champs Extra Point Companion Podcast. I'm Ryan Slocum, filling in for Lauren Plant this week. I am alongside Scott Bernstein and also Matt Maury. Extra Point, presented by Lawrence Technological University. You can recruit yourself at ltuathletics.com. Also, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Hungry Howies, and the Detroit Medical Center. Well, here we are once again this week to talk about the rankings heading into week three. And Matt is here with his top 25. Matt, begin right at number one, man. You had a decision to make yeah. this week. We almost, with the had top a, team. we almost had a shake up. Yeah. But, you know, some cooler heads prevailed. Who knows what's going to happen down the line? But, Matt, tell us your thought process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went into the week and we knew there were some very key intersectional east versus west kind of games great games on the docket last week we had king and mona shores we had grand blank and grand rapids forest hill central we had brother rice east kentwood right right on down the line we had a bunch of east west games and the east teams ended up prevailing in the majority of those and that's just how it how it shook out this year one of them stuck out in particular and that was cast tech just going on the road to hackley and beating up on Muskegon in ways that Muskegon is usually dishing out to other people. They're, they're not usually on the opposite end of the running clock. It's just, it's a position that, that Muskegon has not been in. And for Cass to do that on the road, it was a serious consideration given the fact that they have been so impressive and, and have a, a big road win over a ranked team like that. I almost thought of bumping them to number one past Belleville and or maybe a co-number one situation just because that was such an impressive win by the technicians and and look that's a, a program that's obviously it's got a coaching change uh with, with uh thomas wilcher headed off to to michigan state so you know you didn't know if there was going to be any kind of you know learning curve or anything over under marvin rushing the new coach obviously there is not <laughs> or if they're on a learning curve that curve is already steep but it, it where they are right now, I mean, that's a team that's just a juggernaut. So I thought about that. The counter argument to that, obviously, is that that would be a little unfair to a Belleville team that's done everything you've asked of them in the first two weeks. Two shutouts to start the season, you know, rolled like they did at the start of last season when they went on that stretch of, I think, five straight shutouts that they had in the league. So I thought about it and then thought better of it. Another one that we had, and I know that, Ryan, you were actually on a call of this one, Catholic Central against Andrian uh, from from Indiana. That's an impressive Andrian program with, with guys like Drake Bowen that are going to pick where they want to go. Yeah, he's yeah. the number, he's the number one. Was, Bowen's the number one player in Indiana's class of 2023. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's saying something. Five-star linebacker. He's yeah. got everybody. He's yeah. got Clemson. He's got Auburn. And the thing, he wants to play baseball as well. Apparently, he's just as good of a baseball player. So he's incredible. Yeah, and for and for Catholic Central, I mean, they they controlled that game pretty much from start to finish. Nolan Ziegler, I even mentioned it during the game. We've got him on the Anvil um, award list, you know, obviously playing kind of a hybrid linebacker safety kind of thing. 
he could very easily hold his own in the Mr. Football race he, right he, now he, with he what he's doing. I mean, with Jace Williams on the other side last year, they didn't throw to him a lot until the finals. Obviously, Joey Silveri, they've already got a representative in the Mr. Football race. But what Nolan Ziegler has been doing so far, I mean, he had a pick six in that yes. game. I think he recovered or forced a fumble, too. He's yes. just been all over be the, the field on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he could be the most versatile player in the state right now. No in terms doubt. of impact on both sides of the ball, uh, I just love what, what BK and those fighting Irish are getting in, in oh. Nolan Ziggler. He's going to play safety uh, when, when he gets to South Bend, right. yeah. but I see this kid as someone that could you know could be one of you know a staple of that fighting Irish secondary for the for the foreseeable future. They're saying if he could possibly play that Viper position yeah, someday right. as well. I mean, he's long, he's athletic, he's versatile, he moves his hips well, and you saw it all in this game, Matt. He did it right from the first drive of the game. He caught an 84-yard touchdown pass where he came, he basically made a 90-degree cut across the field, then up, and then the pick six. He had like another 45-yard touchdown grab. He was everywhere. Absolutely, and he, and he is. He's one of those kids that's got a big frame, so you don't know where, yeah. once he gets in the weight room, where he's going to end up weight-wise, if he's more of a linebacker or a, a safety. I think right now he could you know, end up at both. Yeah. Another game that was that was cool, just because it came together so late, De La Salle against River Rouge, both those teams we know year in and year out have no problem playing anybody that will play them. And when both of them had a cancellation, I think it was about Wednesday last week when they went, hey, let's just get together. That's another, you know, you, you could be seeing, you know, deep in the G2 playoffs, you know, a De La Salle run again this year because of that quality of team. And and for River Rouge, I mean, it was what an 11, uh, nine point loss to a very quality team. That's another team that's going to be right there in the, in the D three race. Another team that I wanted to talk about a little bit, a little bit of an upset. Obviously a Portland is a very quality program in mid Michigan. They've made, yeah. you know, numerous runs in the D five D six level of playoffs. But I think everybody thought that DeWitt was going to kind of run the table, or at least yeah. if somebody was going to trip yep. them up, it might be this coming week this against week. an East Lansing team. Yeah, that they didn't get to face last week, last year. I think that would have been the week right before everything yep. resumed when yep. they were scheduled to play. I think if anybody thought that, that DeWitt was going to stumble, it was there. It's not. It's not a bad loss, certainly, certainly, because Portland is such a quality team, and and I know year in and year out, they, that's one of those teams that just this is our system, this is what we do, we're going to stick to it. You know, we don't have a whole bunch of superstars, but we're just going to grind it out against you. And it looked like kind of that's what what happened. That's that's a Dewitt team that we're still probably expecting to see quite a bit from in you know in the D three playoffs. Right above them, we had a couple at, at eight nine. We had. This week we have West Bloomfield and Catholic Central, Detroit Catholic Central. A couple teams that had to get get better real fast after kind of being unimpressive the first week of the season. Uh, West Bloomfield came back and beat up on, on an Oak Park team that's got a lot of talent. Catholic Central beat up on a Davison team that is replacing a lot of talent but had a very good showing in week one against Clarkston. So those were two teams that really kind of needed to get right and get right fast if everything was going to go kind of where they thought it was going to. Yeah. Down near the bottom of the rankings, really the only new team that I popped in this week 
uh, was North Farmington. Uh, Lake Orion I'd had in the rankings because they had that kind of recipe that you want for for a contender, especially in a conference like the OAA Red. You got a senior quarterback who's returning. You got a good offensive line. You got a stable of running backs, and you got a lot of experience back on the front seven on defense. And so I thought Lake Orion was going to kind of be maybe be one of those teams that uh, was able to to make some noise in the OAA Red. And man, I did, it, I did it too. Was, I thought they were going to be a spoiler. Yeah, it, it was it was a play literally a minute into the game where they'd backed up North Farmington twice defensively on the first couple of plays and North Farmington even like bobbled the opening kickoff. So I thought it was going to be one of those where, you know, the, the bigger team, the, the, the stronger team willed out, but North Farmington's just got playmakers all over the field. Aaron Rice, six foot five plays a little basketball, but he's going to Navy. I mean, he he was was borderline uncomfortable in that game. Yeah, he, he they were doing, and I know a lot of the kids aren't going to get this reference, but but us old folks do. They were doing some of the stuff that they used to do with the Lions with Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore, where chuck it, just like, chuck it up, yeah, run Throw and the shoot, fade, baby. Stop. He's going to jump higher than anybody yeah. else can. Throw the fade, and he's got such a catch radius. Yeah, so and and uh, aside from that, just throw him a little quick out, and he's going to run over somebody. So between him and Jasper Beeler and, and Ryan Shelby, the new quarterback, that's a team that's got a lot of playmakers. And I, I was really impressed with what, uh, given the fact that they were replacing a lot offensively from last year, guys that had been there and Jacob Busamra and those kind of guys who'd been there for, for quite a while and helped really rebuild that program you know, from, from the ground up. For them to be replacing that much, and still, I think they scored forty-five and forty-nine the first, or forty-four in the first two weeks. It's just it's pretty impressive. So I popped them into the rankings this week. There are quite a few two and O teams that are right on the cusp. We got, you know, Woodhaven, South Lion. We mentioned off the air before we got on Byron Center. You know, probably deserves mention in there. Stony Creek, after all they lost, are two and O after I saw them. And look at and uh, looking good, like. Score. Yeah, like, yes. Like yeah. Stony Creek is two and zero, like with a bullet. Like, yeah, the Merlot so, brothers. The Merlot those... brothers have that that program just soaring. Which, which is impressive because they graduated such a huge group of seniors last year. You were kind of wondering if this would be kind of a step back year for Stony, and so far it has not been. Their defense is is pretty stout. Well, Matt, you you mentioned uh, obviously Byron Center. You got Rockford in there. Speaking of the West Side, as always, you know they're there. They're shout, at, out, shout out Zach Ahern. Yep, they're sitting there at number five right now in your rankings. De La Salle at six, and then you got King at seven. Man, we got some big matchups this week all over the state. Yes. You, you've already talked about Dewitt and East Lansing. Both those teams sitting there at one and one. This will probably be their conference championship game, you would assume, right here in week three. You got a grand blank against Midland Dow this week in the uh-huh. SVL. That's a huge one between two and O teams. Grand Blank is in your rankings. Don't know if you want to mention them at all. That is a huge game coming up. But I before yep. you get to that one, King and Cass this week. Uh a huge one. The big rivalry. You got King sitting there at number seven. They were unbelievable as well this past week as was tech yeah cast tech and i i saw them in week one against southfield a&t their offensive line probably averages 325 pounds they just have yeah 
behemoths up front and Deanne Walker, you know, Deanne Walker, Macy, who's, Macy yeah, yeah, he's yeah. yeah, it's 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 an incredible group of athletes on on both lines, and they're just enormous. And then you've got Leishon Mumfield, who has more touchdown passes thrown, eleven than incompletions so far this season. <laughs> I think stupid. he has seven How incompletions. It's just a ridiculous ratio, and they're rolling. I mean, he's got all kinds of weapons to throw to. He's got Shamar Snow in the backup behind him, or in the backfield behind him, and Sharif. And that's a team that's got a ton of weapons. And King's got Dante Moore, and King's got just as many weapons. This is one of those that could either Chancey be Willis. seven nothing. Yeah, who yeah, knew Chancey? Will, by the way, who be... knew Chancey Willis was such a good football player? He's a all PSL right. point guard yeah. who all of a sudden is breaking out as his, his senior year as a wide receiver. Yeah, I digress. yeah, it's, Sorry, it could be. Yeah, it could be one of those those that's either a a one score like one possession game at the very end, or it could be you know forty four forty two. I mean, these teams just have weapons all over the place. And you know these teams and these coaching staffs know each other well enough that you can't really just rely on a vanilla game plan. You're going to have to pull, you know, a trick or two out of the bag. What as as King did last week when they threw a touchdown pass on the goal line to uh, defensive tackle Terrence Mays. That was yeah. You, you got to love the the big boy touchdowns. Oh, and that was a big one. Uh, and for boy, let, let me just w- make one comment on Mumfield, like. This kid came out literally out of nowhere. Yes. I mean, when you're talking about class of 23 quarterbacks in the PSL, I mean, everyone has been talking about Dante Moore for years. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's the name on the marquee when you're talking yeah. about PSL quarterbacks. But LaShawn Mumfield last year was like, wait, guys, you know, yeah. pump the brakes a little bit. There's another quarterback from CT that's at least as a high school quarterback that's just as good as yeah. Dante DJ Moore. Now, Dante Moore, because of his his size, size. and some of the uh, me- metrics and, and some of the you know boxes that you check for Division One college quarterbacks, he yeah. obviously has uh, a lot of offers and, and, and has all the big names coming after him. And Mumfield's a, a smaller guy. Uh, that maybe doesn't check all those boxes. But in terms of high school quarterbacks and being dynamic and being a leader and, and putting up big numbers and, and being a primetime playmaker, just hats off to LaShawn Mumfield yeah. for just uh, coming out of the shadows and, and breaking out into being a PSL superstar his first uh, you know season and, and two games. Well, he did it in the very first game of the season last year. It was Cass and King right yeah. out of the gate, yeah. and mm-hmm. that game went right down to the wire, and it was Mumfield finding Kalen King a lot of times. But he people are, like you said, wait, who, who, who's this dude? What did this? And then they just killed him in the PSL title game, and Mumfield again was all over the place. Man, that it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. But can I get your thoughts also? Uh, you know, we mentioned that other big game uh, further up north in the Saginaw Valley League coming up. How about the Grand Blank team? What a comeback they had last week! Yeah, to go on the road again with with. When you when you make a trip that long, it, it sometimes takes something out of you, and we, and we talk about that a lot, you know, especially with the smaller, you know, D seven D eight teams. A lot of times, would have to go play playoff games in the Uper Dome. When you make a trip, now obviously yeah. going to Grand Rapids is not the Uper Dome, but still, when you take a bus trip that 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 is that long, you're at a disadvantage. When you go on the road and you play as well as Grand Blank did at a, at a very solid Forest Hill Central. T- squad that that is in in the rankings as well that's that's a a grand blank team that we everybody knew about eliza 
uh, Jackson Anderson after last year, you know, when he kind of broke out and was the Swiss Army knife, you know, kind of player who had, I believe, 10 sacks on defense and, you know, a bunch of rushing yards and a bunch of passing or receiving yards. He's a versatile weapon headed to Eastern Michigan, but that's a good team. And this might be, I know Davidson's still the, 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 the pride of the SVL South at this point. And this is going to be a test for, for Grand Blank again on the road at Midland Dow. It's a Midland Dow team that's come out very strong, I believe, in two, at 2-0. Two and oh. Yep. This this could be the year. We've kind of been waiting. You know, we, we always talked about, especially when Davison first broke through and made their run and won a state title, that that was a sleeping giant of a program. This Grand Blank program is kind of that same way. you kind of been waiting for Clint Alexander to get all the pieces in the right spot, and they've had, you know, a good quarterback play sometimes and good running back play, and it seemed like they haven't just meshed it all up. And this might be the year that they get everything meshed up and this sleeping giant of a program finally gets rolling. Well, and they always have been known to be right there, as you mentioned, and they always, whenever adversity comes – I don't want to say they crumble, but they don't face the adversity. And that now these are different sports, but they finally broke through in basketball. Uh They won a state title. They won a baseball state championship. And their quarterback, Hunter Ames, was a huge part of that baseball team. They have a lot of kids from those teams on this football team. I think they finally have that mental toughness. And we've seen it now against East Lansing. They were down late, came back and won that game. They were down late here, came back and won that game. The last 25, 30 years, they would have lost. They won those games. They always had the – there was no question that the talent was there. They always – especially the last decade, they've always had a lot of Division I recruits. Uh, They haven't been able to kind of put all the pieces together of the puzzle. Yeah. And uh, it looks like they're trending towards – Finding that way to, to, to jump over that hump and, and break through that glass ceiling. Uh, I lo- In terms of uh, their defense, I love Cross Dobbs. Yes. Going to Grand, going Valley, to Grand Valley is just a, a real value grab um, at the outside line, linebacker spot. Go sideline to sideline, yep. as well as anyone in that uh, Flint area. Yeah, he's good. And But don't count out Middle and Dow, Matt. I saw them last week. Oh. Carmen Ainsworth, obviously, they're not what they have been in the past, but they're getting a young program with Dewan Massey coming up. They won that game 20, 29 to nothing. They've got some sneaky good athletes over there, and they won the game afterward, and I was shooting the team little meeting, and Coach came over. He's like, you don't want to shoot this. I'm like, oh, why not? He goes, it's not going to be friendly. They won the game 29 nothing, and he was not happy. So and look out for them. They're pretty good, and they punked Fenton in week one as well. So, And Fenton's young this year, but uh, they're a very good team as well. Any other teams, Matt, on the list that you want to hit on here before we go or, or look forward to anything coming up this week? I think the key matchup that that we maybe missed between ranked teams, Sterling Heights Stevenson at Gross Point South. I, I know everybody knows, you know Will Johnson, uh, the 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 big dog in in the secondary and and playing all over the field offensively for Gross Point South. These are a couple of teams that have been right there in the MAC red for the last. Gross Point South moved up last year and, and held their own very impressively. Stevenson's been right there, co-championship kind of level in the, in the Mac Red the last two years, I believe. This kind of is going to be the stepping stone for which of these teams probably gets a chance to to challenge 
a, a Chippewa Valley squad that looks like it's rolling with all the weapons they have. One of these two teams is going to survive and be, you know, able to kind of be unblemished when they get to the, the Chippewa Valley matchup. But it's always interesting to see in, in leagues like the Mac red, OA red, okay. Red, you know, because you always have the, Oh, well, we're expecting this to happen. And then, you know, say Stevenson beats Grove Point South and then South beats, you know, Chip Valley. And three weeks down the road, we're all right back at the same spot where everybody's even. So that's just how it works out in, in leagues like that. But this this that's another key matchup in, in the Mac Red between ranked squads that will kind of delineate, you know, who's going to end up ranked where as we go on in the season. Bernie, anything else, man? Well, just for Grove Point South, Anthony Bernard, their quarterback, you know, might be the best basketball recruit in the MAC conference. He moonlights as the quarterback for the Blue Devils <laughs> and does a pretty good job at that. Uh, and then Stevenson has that three-headed monster that it, it seems like they've been there forever. Uh, Biagio Madonna, uh, Jordan, Jordan Kiedekowski, and Jordan Ramsey. That, uh, that, that threesome took uh, Stevenson or helped take Stevenson to a Final Four yep. two years ago. They're back for their senior season. So they, a lot of vets, uh, a ton of of swagger on that field between those two squads. So it, it should be a, a real clash of, of uh, the Titans. Crazy. Week three, and, man, we, we've got season-determining matchups already. Wouldn't expect anything different Definitely. from uh, football in the state of Michigan, which is really, uh, you know, I think peaking. Uh, we have just a tremendous amount of talent, top to bottom. We're not getting – destroyed like we are in basketball uh where, where kids are leaving the state Losing all the kids, time yeah um you know we're we're just it's it's a treasure trove of playmaking in the state right now and and from from the know, top from, from the, the bottom from the top all <laughs> literally the way, all the way up to from the up all the way down to monroe we just have a, a lot a lot of great football talent in the state right now and we just need to appreciate it Yep, and we, we didn't talk about any Traverse City teams, but, man, those guys think they yep. can win some state titles this year, Both too. Both Central and West. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt Maury, yeah, you this, can this check is, out. Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, then this is when you start you routinely in, this, in the regular season where you've got those nice, shiny non-conference games the first couple of weeks, and this is when it really starts to ramp up with the with the conference play, and that's when it gets – that's when the, the you know, the, the – rubber really hits the road as far as, you know, your, your goals primarily usually are to first win your, your league title, and this is when that starts for most teams. Yeah, we mentioned uh, a, a many of the teams, but uh, there's 25 of them. We didn't hit on all of them. If you want to see if your team made Matt's top 25 this week, you can do it anytime you want. Why don't you do it right now? Head over to our website, statechampsnetwork.com. That's where you will find those top 25s this week and every single week the rest of the season. Matt, thanks, brother. We are joined by Chippewa Valley head coach Scott Merchant. Coach, how you doing, man? Thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's talk about the way you started this season, Coach. I know last year was kind of a strange year, three and four on the season. Obviously, everybody knows what was going on, COVID and all that. You come right out of the gate with a huge win in the prep kickoff classic over DCC. How important was that for you to get last year out of, your, out of the way, get that taste out of your mouth, and an incredible performance over one of the top teams in the state? 
that was kind of our mantra the whole off season. You know, last year uh, we had very little control over a lot of things, and we're not going to make any excuses. But it didn't go how we wanted it to go. We lost four games um, on the last possession of the game. Uh, two of them were on the last play of the game, so we were right there. We just didn't get it done. Um, you know, three and four for us is, you know, not what we expect of ourselves. So, you know, we talked all off season about, you know, there's no excuses this year. You know, we had an off season. We were able to lift weights. We were able to have a full summer. Um, so, you know, like we, we made a point of that. We came out, I think, with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, you know, in week one. Catholic Central, we knew, had a lot of kids coming back. Obviously, you know, they're the winningest program in Division One history. So we knew what we were getting into when we signed up for that a couple of years ago. And um, we, we knew win or lose, that was going to be a great measuring stick for our team. And, you know, that's why we took that game. So for us to come out and play that way in week one against a great opponent, um, you know, I think it gave us a lot of confidence. I think it also showed that, you know, 2021 isn't 2020 for us. And, um, you know, I, I think we found out a lot of things about ourselves in that game. Scotty, uh, Scott Bernstein here. Uh, you know, I saw that week one game, and I talked about it a little bit last week. I don't know if you saw the show, but as a foreshadowing of what we have coming down the pike here for the next three or four years, uh, your team is just locked and loaded. You're dialed in. You have playmakers across the board. Uh, you're deep. You're, you, you have a mix of young and old power speed finesse there's just there's so many pieces there um i mean am am i being hyperbolic when i say that this team is you know positioned to have uh you know a four or five year run here um i mean it it, it seems clear as day to me that the, you know the future is so bright you got to put on some sunglasses <laughs> well it's a lot easier for your for me to let you say that and for me <laughs> to say that. So, um, but no, we do have a really nice mix of kids. We, you know, we've got four or five sophomores starting on varsity right now. Um, we also have a lot of talented sophomores on our JV. Um, we have a number of really good juniors. So, I mean, it's just a nice even mix throughout our varsity this year between 10th, 11th and 12th graders. You know, we, we were forced to play a lot of young kids last year. Um, that was that was part of our struggle last year um, with COVID and injuries. But, you know, through, through struggle comes growth. And uh, I think you're seeing that in a lot of our young guys this year who got experience last year playing varsity football as freshmen even. So, um, no, you know, I mean, we've been – you know, I, I don't like talking about ourselves and things like that. That's just not me. But, like, if you look at our record over the last eight years, we, we've been pretty good. Um, you know, I think we're 38-7 and seven over the last four or five years. So, uh, you know, last year we'd like to say was the um, exception to the rule. And we feel like, you know, we, we've got a great group, like you said, and – as long as these guys stay humble, keep working hard, and we stay healthy, you know, we've got a chance to be pretty good for the next few years here. There's uh, one more thought here I, I want you to opine on. Uh, so 
you know, in my opinion, that 2018 state championship team, it was 18, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was the best team that Macomb County's ever seen. Uh, you have a quarterback uh, in Ryan Schuster, who's the brother of the quarterback of that team, Tommy Schuster, who's playing in North Dakota State right now. Um, and then, obviously, you have another Schuster, uh, Drew Schuster, coming up uh, through the program that should eventually be taken over for for Ryan. So you'll have three Schuster boys that are quarterbacking uh, your, your, your program. How much did that team a couple years ago that really, you know, in my opinion – planted the flag for Chippewa Valley football going forward and, and being a superpower, not to say that you weren't a really good program before that, but how much did that run and that group inspire the group that's coming up now and even the group behind them, especially since you have uh, a lineage of quarterbacks that kind of stretch from that team into this team and then beyond? Right. Well, you know, the, in 2017, we had a really, really good team, and um, you know we we went 10 and two. We lost uh, by seven to a really good Eisenhower team in the regular season, and then we lost in the last 10 seconds to Cast Tech in the in the regional final. So, you know that that team was close was close to to making the run as well, and I think that provided you know a lot of motivation for the 2018 team. And then they, you know, they just, they took us over the hump, right? They took us over that hurdle and they took it to another level. And, um, you know, in 2016, we started four sophomores on varsity. Uh, Tommy, David Ellis, who's at Indiana, um, Marcel Lewis, who's at Central, and then Javon Kimpson, who's at Miami of Ohio. So all three of those guys came up as sophomores. We took our lumps in 2016 a little bit. We went six and four, but then that obviously paid dividends the next two years when they went, you know, 24 and two over those two years. You know, I see a lot of parallels between last year and and 2016, playing those young guys, taking your lumps a little bit, and now we're seeing those dividends already this year. So. Uh, you know who's to say? Obviously, they were fourteen and zero. That was a great team. This team has a long way to go to to match what what they did. But you know we do have a really nice mix of of skill guys plus linemen. And when you have that quarterback, you know in charge, who's a two year starter, um, it makes things a lot easier. It also makes things a lot easier when you have the third Harris brother back yeah, um, playing trade. for you and the kids playing playing out of his mind. So, yeah, Trey, uh, Trey Harris, we're going to do everything we can to eventually find a way to get him in our Mr. Football race. <laughs> He's definitely uh, proved uh, his worthiness in the first couple of weeks. Uh, Cephas Harris, they call him Trey, uh, and he right. is a, a, a special playmaker. Yeah, make your case, Coach. I know you want him on that list. I mean, he did it right out of the gate against DCC. Two through uh, the air, two on the ground. I mean, this guy can do it all for you, right? Yeah, his first team All-State last year as a junior. He led our team in receiving and rushing. Um, I've never had a player do that in my career, and to do that in the Mac Red is really something. Um, he's come back this year, and, I mean, he's, he's even better. Um, you know, he's averaging over 200 yards rushing or receiving in the first two games. Uh, he's averaging 12.5 yards per carry. He had eight carries Jeez. for, like, 124 yards in – three 
two or three touchdowns last week. Only had eight carries. I mean, we don't we don't like you know we don't try to keep guys in and get them stats and run it up. He played two and a half quarters last week, um, but he's a special special player, and I think you know quite frankly a lot of the Mac schools missed out on him. Um, he's committed to Youngstown State. And, you know, good for them for realizing how good he is. But this, he's a special player, and he can run. He can he can catch the football. We can put him out at wide out. Um, he's a great blocker. He's really unselfish. Um, he's just a great all around football player. Well, coach, speaking of special, you may have another one here. And speaking of young guys, Shamar Hurd. We know that we we heard this dude can fly. Yeah, yeah, the definition of a diaper dandy. Yeah, this kid had ACC offers coming out of the eighth grade. Right. Have you had a dude with these wheels? No, you know everybody likes to say they're a four four uh, or a four five. Like he's what a four four really looks like. He's probably more in a high four three. Wow. But um, when you can. You know, when you run at 10, 600 meters as a ninth grader, um, you know, and you you long jump 21 and a half feet and you place in the 100 and 200 in the top five uh, or six as a ninth grader. Oops, my light went out there. Sorry, I didn't pay my <laughs> bill. Um, when you don't, uh, I mean, those are just like, you know, like speed, you can quantify, right? Like, I mean, you can say, oh, this guy, you know, he's a good player, this or that. Like, it is what it is. And if anybody saw the first time he touched the ball in a varsity football game was his 85-yard kickoff return to the prep kickoff classic. Yeah. I mean, I've been telling people he's pretty good. He's not just a track <laughs> guy. He's a, he's a heck of a football player. And, um, you know, he's only going to get better each year. So he's going to have some tough choices to make down the road because he's going to have a lot of options. Um, he'll be able to run track pretty much wherever he wants, so, and he's probably going to be able to play football pretty much anywhere he wants. So he'll have to decide if he wants to do both or you know, just concentrate on one or the other. But he's, he's a really talented kid. It reminded me – I know this is a different sport, but it reminded me of the movie Bull Durham when um, – Tim Robbins tells Kim, uh, Kevin Costner, I want to announce my presence with yes. authority. And that was like, <laughs> Shamar heard me. Like, first varsity game, first touch to the house, yeah. 85 yards, yeah. just in case there are any I, doubts. Hello, world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, you can't, you, you can't introduce yourself any better than that, right? So, With the success you've had, Coach, when you get a kid like that, do you come up with new stuff to get him the ball? Do you have special, you know, we got to do something. We got to come up with something else to get this guy the ball. Yeah, we, we always do that, right? Like we have certain guys, like when we had David, we, we, we had certain plays that we wanted to call, every, you know, every game based on certain situations to get him the football. Um, you know, same thing with, with Shamar, uh, same thing with Trey. You know, like there's certain guys you have to make. You can't let the other team take them out of the game. You have to be able to do other things to make sure they're getting the ball. So, you know, we use we use Shamar in a lot of different ways. We use Trey in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, if you don't want to kick him the ball deep, then you're going to have to kick it short, which we'll, we'll gladly take the ball at the 35 or 40-yard line every single time. Um, 
So, you know, he's on special teams. He's on offense. Um, you know, he does – he plays a lot of different things for us. And, it, it yeah, but we have a play sheet, and there's, there's certain things on there that are specific for him, for sure. You mentioned the Mac Red. Anybody listening to this knows about the Mac Red. Uh, is it uh, more of the same this season? Looking forward here, we're only in week three. Do you expect more of the same from this conference that's always one of the best across the entire state, if not the best? I know every coach will come on and say, you know, anybody can win any week and let's coach speak and, and cliche. But if you go back and look at all the games last year, Every single game between all six teams was, was a close, close game. And, you know, at the end of the season, you had co-champions, both with one loss. Um, you know, I, I, I think you're going to see similar stuff this year. Everybody's got a, a lot of kids back. Um, they're really good coaches. They're good programs. And, um, you know, there's just no easy weeks. So you, you can't turn the ball over. You can't make mistakes. Um, you have to play well every week, and that's hard to do five straight weeks, especially at the high school level. Um, plus, you have to have some luck and you have to stay healthy. And, um, you know, I think that the team that does that the best over the next five weeks will end up winning the conference. But I, I wouldn't I mean, I wouldn't be surprised even if, you know, there's another tie this year because I think the teams are that closely matched. You got Eisenhower this week. They're coming off a two and five season, one and one so far, uh, thirty to nothing last week against Lance Cruz North. Uh, you know, historically a very good program as well. What problems, maybe what challenges do they pose to you guys coming up here Friday? Well, Chris Smith and his staff, those guys always do a great job. Um, you know, they have a great tradition there. Those kids grow up. You know, playing Shelby Lions and, and then go play there. Um, so they take a lot of pride in playing football for Eisenhower. They always play great defense um, every single year. And, um, you know, this year offensively, um, you know, they, they've got some speed at the receiver positions and running back and, um, you know, really good athlete at quarterback. So, um, you know, we, we got to do what we need to do. We, we can't you know, make, make mistakes in terms of like blowing assignments or lining up improperly or turning the ball over, things like that. We have to play a solid football game and our, our big time players have to make big time plays. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, if, if one of the two teams can control the line of the scrimmage better than the other, obviously, you know, that would be huge as well. But, um, yeah, they're they're going to play great defense. They're going to play really hard. They're well coached, and then you know they like I said, they have some really good athletes at the skill positions on offense that can make big plays. So we have to try to limit that, and then you know we want to get big plays on our end if possible. If not, we'll have to grind it out and take whatever they give us. It's a purple out for you this week, Coach. Tell us what that is and why this maybe even more than ever is so important to your team and your school? Sure. So, uh, you know, a number of years ago, we started having a, a purple cancer awareness game because one of our players, uh, unfortunately, died from cancer right before he graduated from high school, Nick Uriel. And um, as we all know, 
most of us all know at least one person who has been impacted by cancer, at least one. And we saw a lot of that in our community. So we thought it would be a positive thing if you know, we could do a, a cancer awareness game. We chose purple because that's the universal color for all cancers. Um, and I, this is probably like our seventh year or eighth year we've done it now. So we'll wear special purple jerseys. We only wear once a year. Um, we'll have special decals on our helmet. Each player and coach is uh, dedicating the game to an individual impacted by cancer. Um, those people and those families will be invited to the game and they'll be in our game program. And uh, at the end of the game, they'll all be announced and they'll be um, awarded uh, a purple dog tag with uh, the two charities we will be playing for. So it's a, it's a week long event in our school. Our volleyball team wore purple last night, our swimmers did. Um, we raise money throughout the week selling purple items and all that money goes to uh, the Believe Foundation here in Macomb and then Van Andel Institute up in Grand Rapids. Our two honorary captains this year, our principal, Todd Distelrath, who's, who's fighting cancer and one of our students, uh, 11th grader Mitchell Brand, who is a baseball player. Um, both those guys got diagnosed uh, the second half of last year. And, you know, we're gonna do our best to, uh, to uh, you know, keep their fighting spirit in our hearts and go out there and play as well as we can on Friday. Absolutely. Got anything else there, Scotty? I, you know, I'm just a, such a big fan of Scotty Merchant and, and those Chip Valley gridiron gladiators. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've been singing their praises for a while now, and, and there, are, there isn't a better tactician when it comes to the sidelines uh, of a football field than, than Scotty Merchant. He can go head-to-head -head with any uh, coach in the state, dare I say, in the entire Midwest region of, of uh, United States. And I, I just couldn't be happier with the, you know, the, the positioning of this Chippewa Valley program right now. I just, um, I'm so high on them that uh, uh, some people might say that I'm going overboard, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm putting all my chips into the center of the table with the Chip, with the Chip Valley, Scott, yeah. Team Scott Merchant, uh, Team Trey Harris, Team Schuster, Team Altamirano. Well, well, the results are there. So yeah, yeah, if you yeah. look at the numbers, you're not crazy. Yes, uh, just a ton of playmakers, and I just I see great things on the horizon uh, for a program that's already established itself as a you know a top tier program in in, in the MHSA under uh, Coach Merchant. Well, we Scott, I really appreciate that. But you know, you and I both know that. Uh, Good players make great coaches. So, um, you know, I got to defer to my players, and I have a great coaching staff um, who does a great job. So, you know, we've been together for a number of years now, and, you know, we really, I think, work well together. And, you know, we, we've kind of got our system and our program in a good place. And then when we get special players like, like the ones we have now or the ones we had in 2018, um, you know, we've been able to do some some pretty some pretty good things. So, I mean, I really appreciate that. We appreciate your support, and um, you know, we're going to keep working to get better and, and to be the best team we can be. You know, and everyone pays it forward in this in this world of of sports that we that we live in and love, and, and paying it forward is just one of those things that 
help the evolution of the game and, and help spread the love, spread the word. And, and, and for people that don't, that don't know, Scott Merchant comes from just a tremendous uh, football coaching tree. He played for Al Fracasa at Birmingham Brother Rice, who's the, you know, the godfather, godfather. Of, of Catholic League football, um, was the winningest coach in MHSA history and MHSAA history until John Harrington unseated him. But, you know, y- you learn from the best and then you pay it forward, like I said. Then, then, then Scott Merchant went off and, and built the, the UD Jesuit program into a contender, came over to uh, Chippewa Valley and has things just going gangbusters. So, yeah, he learned it from Coach Fracasa. Now he's teaching it to his players. Hopefully, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, those players will be teaching it to other kids. Yep. Yeah, I, I like to say uh, I played for Coach Fracasa, and then in college I, I played for Pete Schmidt. Who yeah, Pete Schmidt at Albion, R.I.P. coaches around, yep. and uh, yeah, rest in peace, God bless. And, Scott, I was I was uh, actually I was actually at Indiana with Coach Schmidt. Uh, oh, so I I didn't know him at Albion, but I got to know him a little bit. Uh, when I was at IU because I had uh, some friends that were heavy into the program. And I remember going up to him the first week I was on campus and being like, the Albion Britons. <laughs> uh, and then obviously he had a battle with cancer and, and passed away. But uh, Pete Schmidt, just a just a fantastic coach. And again, I should have mentioned him when I was talking about the coaching tree that, that Coach Merchant comes from. Yeah, well, like I said, with, with those two guys, I mean – I'll never come close to either of them, but like, thank God, something rubbed off on me because uh, they're those two guys are, are. I'll put them up against anybody in the, in the world. They're they're two of the best men and two of the best coaches, and I was just blessed to be able to play for them. And then, actually, I got to coach with both of them, which was really really rewarding and unique for me as well. So, I have uh, got to give all of my credit to to those guys because I learned from two of the best right there. Well, one of the best going right now, head coach at Chip Valley, Scotty Merchant. Coach, thank you so much for being here with us this week. 2018 state champ, looking to add another one this season. Coach, we appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you do for high school football. So thank you very much, fellas. Uh, We appreciate it, and we appreciate all you for checking us out. We'll be back here next week on State Champs Extra Point.